Welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. What a game of footy on Tuesday on Anzac Day. We had the Roosters v the Dragons up first. And what a game that was. An absolutely, uh, you know, down to the wire contest, obviously. Uh, the Dragons in the first half, not as good as in Tuck. In attack, sorry, as they were in the second half, but obviously in the second half, the Dragons, you know, trying to come back into this game and, uh, you know, through efforts from Tyrell Sloan and from some of their middlemen, you know, I thought that Toby Coochman was all right as well through the middle there. Uh, The young number 17, he was great through the middle for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. He's had a few good weeks. Obviously, the error at the end, uh, you know, makes you think otherwise, but, you know, throughout that entire game, I thought he was quite solid there through the middle, Uh, but Tyrell Sloan now. There at fullback was insane. Insane. That try that he set up for Tiao Tiao Moga. Uh, and obviously, then the try that he scored by himself as well, stepping. Uh, you know, Jackson Bolo there as well was insane. So, a massive performance from Tyrell Sloan in that second half. The first half, though, was very Roosters dominant. You know, the, the Dragons were still in the contest. It was still a very tight contest. And obviously, the scoreline at halftime doesn't really reflect how tough of a contest it really was there, um, you know, between the Roosters and the Dragons. But the Roosters were definitely the more dominant uh, team in that first half. Uh, their defense and, you know, attacking mindset. I think that's what hurt them going into the second half. They sort of thought, oh, this is going to be a breeze or we're going to win this game quite easily. They went into that mindset, which they've done in a few games over past seasons as well. They've gone into this mindset where, you know, they get comfortable in games and, you know, the other teams can take advantage of that. And the Dragons definitely did. The Roosters sort of switched off a little bit and uh, the Dragons started piling on points. All, all of a sudden, it's an equal game and uh, Luke Keary gets the field goal to win the game for them as well. It was a really awesome game of football to be a part of, to watch. Uh, the atmosphere at Allianz looked insane. Wasn't there myself, but it looked really, really cool there. The atmosphere at Allianz Stadium. Obviously, th- uh, free tickets were handed out to the Army veterans, so it was a full house. It was 40,000 people at Allianz Stadium as well, which was super cool to see. In terms of forwards, who led the way, especially for the Roosters in that first half? Lindsay Collins, you know, 77 metres from eight runs in the opening 31 minutes of the game, which was pretty solid there. Uh, Manu, he proved to be a handful in that first half, uh, you know, especially in that first half uh, for the Dragons, coming up with 10 tackle breaks uh, for the match, while Jack Bird had 11 tackle breaks for the Red V as well. Jack Bird, far out. I would not be surprised if he stays on the edge going into next week. They keep Jack DeBellin in the third jersey. He was awesome uh, on that left-hand side for the Dragons. He was unreal uh, in that left back row spot, obviously combining with, you know, Zach Lomax there as well. It was a super dangerous side. Obviously, Guy there as well on that side. But, yeah, super, super dangerous side there for the uh, Dragons. And he was getting a ton of line breaks, uh, looking really dangerous there for them in the key stages of that game. Talk about stats you never thought you were going to see. Dragons winger Tao Tao Moga has scored five tries in his past two NRL games. 
obviously came off in the 66th minute with a shoulder injury. It looked, I thought it was a dislocation at first, just the way he was holding his shoulder, but I just think it might have been a burner. I think it might have been a burner there. Uh, Rooster skipper James Tedesco was outstanding with 21 runs for 234 metres and five tackle breaks. He was unreal there, but the real standout fullback for me was Tyrell Sloan. Uh, he really came into his element there for the, in this game. You know, we've seen glimpses of him, you know, slowly improving over the opening rounds of this season, but I feel like this game was a real, um, you know, coming of age sort of moment for Tyrell Sloan. Full tackle breaks, 126 run metres, a try assist and a try himself. He was insane. And, you know, that combination with him and Ben Hunt, we were sort of talking about it a few weeks back on the podcast, how they really need to work on that combination. I think every Dragons game this year, I've said that they really need to unlock that combination between uh, Tyrell Sloan and Ben Hunt. And they really did in this game off kicks, you know, just running the footy as well, going down the right-hand side. I feel like that's his strong side too, Tyrell Sloan, that down that right-hand side. And he was fantastic there as well for uh, the Dragons, Tyrell Sloan. Roosters forward Victor Radley was sent to the bin uh, in the 64th minute for high contact on Michael Molo. Now, this one has to be talked about for me. And look, if you disagree, sue me. I don't think it was a high tackle there on Michael Molo whatsoever. It was clearly a head clash. You saw the head clash. Uh, Victor Radley, even when he, when he hit his head on Michael Molo's, he even fell back from the head clash as well. You could clearly see it was a head clash. And uh, Michael Molo, he made it look worse because, you know, obviously as... You know, Victor Radley is coming up from momentum, obviously hitting and sliding up when he's coming out of the line. He's sliding up Michael Molo's body. Michael Molo, you know, twists himself, contorts himself to roll on his stomach to get the quick play of the ball. And, you know, Victor Radley's shoulder might have just clipped his head a little bit. But that was only because of the way that Michael Molo sort of turned himself around to get the quick play of the ball there. It definitely wasn't a, you know, dangerous contact. It definitely wasn't high contact, at least purse purposely, sorry. Um, it, I yeah, yeah, I think it was just a head clash for me. That's all I can say about that one. It was just a head clash. Uh, I think I'll be very shocked if Victor Radley gets any form of suspension or fine for that contact. Uh, you know, talk about records. Victor Radley is the most sin-binned player of all time with nine sin-bins. That is insane and pretty insane stat there for Victor Radley. He's quite young still as well. Uh, you know, don't want to get down that habit. Don't want don't want to go down that dark road and, you know, make that record unbeatable there for Victor Radley. But that's a pretty crazy stat for a guy that's pretty young in Victor Radley. A pretty, pretty insane stat there. And, uh, you know, three uh, over the past three games as well. So, um, yeah, definitely not good there for Victor Radley. And as I said, I'll be very surprised if he gets anything for that. It was clearly a head knock. Um, it was nothing more than that. It was a head clash there from Victor Radley and Michael Molo. Uh, the Roosters have won nine of their past 10 games against the Dragons now. Egan Butcher uh, starred for the Roosters with 115 run meters and 36 tackles. He really did have a strong game tonight. He really did. Um, and I'm recording this obviously on Tuesday night because I've got uh, training in the morning on Wednesday but uh, you know, I'm back to school as well. Uh, you know, The schedule may change but I will inform you if the schedule for the podcast does change over the next few days. Uh, but look, talking about Egan Butcher, like he was Pretty decent in this game, you know, uh, very keen to run the football, very aggressive in his running style as well, uh, and just a tackle bot there on that edge. You know, I think that he'll 
pretty much solidify a spot there, if not on the bench. I think he has to be in the 17, Egan. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people you know, I've talked to, including Roosters fans, have actually said that Egan um, should be in there over Nat. I don't know what to think about that just yet. I think they will c- include Nat in the side, um, even if that is over Egan, just because Nat has obviously played more games. Uh, but look, I'm keen to see Egan sort of prove himself in that 17. He definitely had a big game last night, so... You know, won't be surprised if he does, you know, work his way into that side, whether it be starting or on the bench. Uh, But yeah, look, uh, to sum that all up, Tyrell Sloan had a fucking unbelievable second half. He was quite good in the first half as well, but his second half was insane. James Tedesco put in a massive effort for the Roosters, as he always does, Um, you know, other than the sin binning, I thought Victor Radley had a big game for the Roosters. Egan Butcher on that edge was outstanding. Um, you know, I thought that Toby Coochman had a pretty decent game off the bench for the Dragons. Lindsay Collins in that first half was insane as well. That was a pretty tight contest, and we love that. We love that for your Anzac game. A very, very tight contest. Uh, I thought that, and look, not many people are going to be talking about this after this game. Uh, the Dragons did score more tries as well. Well, lucky for the penalty goal there from Suali and the field goal, um, obviously, from uh, Luke Keary as well. Uh, the, the Dragons did score more tries. I want to talk about Joseph Suali as a goal kicker. I never knew he could goal kick. But look, if they're going to go down the route of Manu at six, it's very, very handy that they have Suali, Suali sorry, who gets four from four conversions in this game as well, including some you know, closer to the sideline as well. So very good signs there for the Roosters. You know, when most feared that Paul Momorowski was going to be kicking for the Roosters and they had to keep him in the team. They've got Suali'i in there now uh, and I think he did a really decent job there for the Roosters. And then the next game, the Storm v. the Warriors. That was absolutely insane. The Warriors that came out firing, obviously, to start the game. Uh, you know, obviously, through Dylan Walker and Sean Johnson spreading the ball out to their edges. Uh, it was a real clinic in the first few minutes. The, you know, they were scoring a lot of tries. Uh, and it looked like they just could not be stopped. They were really, really dominant. They had 73% possession, I believe, in the first 20 to 30 minutes of that game. That is 73% possession, uh, if you guys don't understand my crap pronunciation, but uh, that is a lot of possession in my book, and uh, obviously that you know, showed because the Warriors were very, very dominant in those first few minutes. Obviously, then towards the back end of the first half, the Storm, they start to get a tiny bit of momentum. They start to look a lot better, the Melbourne Storm. Uh, And then obviously in the second half, they pretty much run away with it, pretty much run away with it there through Cameron Munster in his kicking game. Uh, And then obviously Nick Meany just being absolutely fucking everywhere. And for the Warriors as well, there's a lot of injuries. Uh, Torhu Harris, he was forced off, re-aggravating uh, his knee injury. You've got Jazz Tavega, sorry, who apparently has sustained um, you know, a calf or an Achilles injury, uh, which is going to see him out for a very, very long time for the next few weeks at least. Uh, Bailey Sirenen left the field for at HIA during the game as well. Obviously, Dylan Walker was sin bin during the game uh, for a tackle on 
Alicia Katoa, which was obviously a total accident. Um, you know, you have guys for the Warriors as well who, you know, when they had no men on the bench, you know, chance of a clock start even, you know, left the field with for a HIA as well. And uh, Dalmatini Zalesniak had to go to fullback and they had to reshuffle the team around. But you got guys like Adam Fanua Blake who ran for 177 metres from 20 runs and had seven tackle breaks. Like for a front rower, that is insane. Uh, a really strong game from Adam Fanua Blake in this one. Then you had Big Nelson, his first game back. He came on in the 22nd minute and he had eight runs for 96 metres uh, in the first half. But by half time, he had 96 metres coming on in the 22nd minute, which is insane. Uh, and he finished the night with 168 run metres, which is phenomenal, especially just coming off injury as well. That is absolutely insane. Uh, Cameron Munster, the 40-20 kick was a big moment in that game as well. It sort of swapped the momentum. Obviously, you know, at the start of the game when the Warriors were getting on the front foot, they scored their first two tries. Um, just before the Adam Fenor Blake try, obviously they scored, I believe, with Edward Cozzi and with Dallin Wateni Zalesniak. Um, and then... Yeah, Cameron Munster, you know, he said, fuck this. You guys look dominant. You guys look like you have all the momentum right now. No, you don't. Hold my beer. Kicks a 40-20 uh, and then sets up a try. Uh, and then fall forward, Justin Olam as well. And then, you know, it seems like the Storm are going to take the game away like they did in the 70-10 to 10 sort of game. Um, and then Adam Fanua Blake says, no, you don't. Hold my beer. And he goes over to score a try, uh, which was insane for this game as well. And I'm just such a competitive and tight game as well. You wouldn't think so for this type of game. Uh, you know, obviously the Storm have run away with it in the past against the Warriors. That 70-10 to 10 game was absolutely devastating. Um, but, you know, the Warriors, they're a totally different team this year. I think Craig Bellamy recognised that as well and he did look a bit timid going into the game as well, especially in the pre-game interviews. He did look like he knew what he was up against. Uh, and, you know, I think the Melbourne Storm, particularly at the start of the game, didn't. They just came into the game thinking this is the next opponent. This is, you know, an average team, another average team we're going up against and, you know, came in with that mindset and it didn't really work for them because obviously the Warriors came in and scored two tries. Dylan Walker and Sean Johnson uh, ball playing through the middle was awesome. I thought Dylan Walker had a really good game as well. Uh, again, in this one, he was really slick with his ball playing. So was Sean Johnson. And in the dire moments, you know, Sean Johnson was just trying absolutely everything, whether it was low kicks, whether it was high kicks. He was just trying anything to, you know, slow the, the, storm, the storm side down, you know, in that second half. Uh, what about this stat? The Warriors completed 35 from 39 sets at 89%, nearly 90% completion rate, which is insane compared to the Storm, 33 from 39, which is 84%. So it was a very high completing game. It was very back and forth, you know, at some stages in the second half, even though the Storm looked very dominant in that dominant, sorry, in that half. The the Warriors, you could tell the they had the drive and the intensity to stay in the game particularly when they had no players on the bench as well. Uh, it was such a brave effort from the Warriors, a brave effort from them. And uh, you know, I think that commentator said it, you know, at the back end of that game as well. You can't take anything away from the Warriors either now. I mean, we've seen how good they are. We've seen how good they are against top sides as well. We'll see how they go as well against the Roosters. Well, they have to be digging from reserve grade as well, finding players to bring into this team. You know, if uh, Joe Vega has that Achilles injury and is out for long term, if if Bailey Simonson is going to be out uh, for the next week due to concussion protocols. I don't know even if they if they even bothered, sorry, uh, with the HIA with five minutes to go when he did come off the field. Um, obviously, Chance is going to be out next week at fullback. You'd 
you'd imagine Dallin Montenegro's Lesniak takes the fullback spot. Um, they've always still got uh, Tomato Martin out. Wade Egan's also out. Um for the Warriors at hooker. They've got Freddie Lussick in there at the moment, who I thought was quite good and silky as well through the middle at nine. But they've got a lot of things to worry about going into next week, the Warriors. They've got a lot of players out uh, and a lot of question marks to fill. One of those being who's going to be on the bench next week. If you're looking for a 14, I did love Tane Tuiapiki. I believe that's his name, Tane Tuiapiki. I thought that over the past few weeks when he has come in at 14, he's been great. I think that's the 14 solidified. you just got to go find some reserve grade forwards. Uh, I don't know... If Tom Alley is still available, you've got Tom Alley, you've got Bunty Afoa. I imagine Bunty Afoa is going to start next week, obviously, with the amount of forwards they do have out at the moment um, for the Warriors. I'd imagine that Bunty Afoa starts with Joseph Vega uh, having that Achilles injury. Um, but, they, yeah, again, they've got a lot of question marks to fill going over the next few weeks, especially if Torhu Harris is out as well. Going up against the Roosters, that is going to be a really tough game at home, nonetheless. And I don't think they've lost a game at home yet this season, the New Zealand Warriors. So it's going to be really tough for them going into this weekend. But I can't wait to see how they handle themselves. As for the Melbourne Storm, Nick Meaney absolutely phenomenal and the fact that he can just be everywhere all at once and he's always in the right spot that's what I love about Nick Meaney he is always in the right spot whether it's off a kick whether it's in attack you know when they're going through their set plays he's always in the right spot uh, and it really pays dividends for the Melbourne Storm it's going to be very hard to inject you know uh, Ryan Pappenhausen back into this side with the form that Nick Meaney is in right now we sort of talked about it a few weeks ago on the podcast on the page even as well you know, how are you going to put uh, Ryan Pappenhausen back into this team when you've got a guy like Nick Meany who is just performing to such a high standard as well? So, uh, you know, a lot to consider there. Cameron Munster was super silky. I thought Harry Grant was good in stages as well, but Cameron Munster and Nick Meany, the main men uh, to get the job done here for the Melbourne Storm. Super tight game. Loved every minute of it. Super entertaining as well. Dallin Wattenis Lesniak uh, going to fullback, but also being on the wing there. Uh, he was super clutch for them in big moments and nearly stopping that Harry Grant try as well uh, to keep the game neck and neck. But uh, yeah, as I said, a very, very entertaining game. Uh, And, you know, going into next week for the Warriors, a bit to worry about. As for the Melbourne Storm going into uh, this weekend, I should say, uh, let's have a look who they're versing this week, the Melbourne Storm. Oh, they have the bye next week. That is going to be absolutely fantastic for them. Just looking at the draw now. Uh, In round 10, when they come back, they have the Rabbitohs, which is going to be tough, but they're going to be fresh off a bye as well. Uh, Very lucky for them to have the bye after that one, after a tough game. Uh, But, you know, not so lucky for the New Zealand Warriors who have to go into next week versing the Sydney Roosters. Luckily at home, but as I said, a few guys out. They haven't lost at home yet. So hopefully, you know, the odds are against them at the moment on sports bet, but hopefully they can grab the win over the Roosters on Sunday. Wait.